I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to episode number 585 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I am Sarah Wendell and with me is Amanda. And join us. We're going back in time again. We are going back to May 2014 to take a look at the ads and features inside RT Book Reviews magazine. Side trips include Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta, The Strange Immortality of Stock Images on Book Covers, and The Importance of Alligator Fritters in Your Marketing Budget. There will be visual aids on Smart Bitches in the show notes and on Instagram and Tumblr. We're going to be everywhere with how much fun this is. We will also be linking to all of the books that we talk about. So never fear if you're thinking, I want to read that. Well, yeah, we probably do too. We're going to link to all the books we mentioned. Do not worry. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community. Hey, folks. If you've supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, you are keeping me going. You're making sure that every episode, including these nice long ones, has a transcript. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. If you would like to join the Patreon community, there are many benefits to doing so. In addition to supporting this here show, there is a wonderful Discord. You get to help me develop questions for interviews and you get full scans, the complete PDF of the Romantic Times magazines that we're talking about. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. It would be so wonderful to have you join us. Support for this episode comes from It's a Fabulous Life by Kelly Farmer. Make the Yuletide gay with It's a Fabulous Life. This sapphic It's a Wonderful Life retelling is filled with holiday cheer, angelic drag queens, adorable rescue dogs, and a little magic. It is a sweet second chance rom-com that Publishers Weekly calls a goodie bag of romance tropes. Bailey George is ready to leave her small town behind on a long-awaited vacation to New York City. When the volunteer who took over the town's Winter Wonderfest has a medical emergency, Bailey finds herself stuck there. Again. Staying home seems slightly less terrible when Bailey runs into her high school crush, Maria Hatcher. Maria quickly offers to help with Winter Wonderfest. Her sunny disposition and holiday cheer perk up Bailey's grinchy feelings about everything. One disaster after another snowballs on the day of the festival, and Bailey's frustration boils over. Then she meets a fabulous drag queen, Clara Angel, and barely declares she wishes she hadn't been born in this Christmas-obsessed small town. With the magic that Clara possesses, she shows Bailey how wrong she is, and that with a little hope and some holiday spirit, there is a way to attain all her dreams— it's a Fabulous Life is perfect for fans of Alison Cochran and Ashley Herring Blake. Best-selling author Kat Sebastian calls it festive, heartwarming, and kind. And Cody Hall says it breathes Christmas cheer straight into the reader's heart. Christmas pop culture fanatics will fall head over heels. 
Treat yourself to the gift of It's a Fabulous Life, available now from Alcove Press in trade paperback, ebook, and audiobook. And thank you to Kelly Farmer for sponsoring this fabulous episode. All right, it's time to go back in time. Are you ready? Buckle your mental seatbelt. We're going back to 2014 and some absolutely astonishingly cool features and ads. On with the podcast. All right, we're back. It's time to revisit October 20, or excuse me, it is October. It's time to revisit May 2014 RT book reviews. Read Smarter. Did you notice the little tagline at the top there? Oh my God, no. Read Smarter. You know why? Because it's yellow text on a white background. That's why. Oh God. In this episode, we're each, we have each read through the magazine and we have flagged any ad or book cover or author feature that we want to talk about. So we've got some, yes. got some ads, we've got some things in the magazine, we've got some book covers. Let's do this. Now the cover is The Unexpected Duchess by Valerie Bowman. And sometimes, like I said in the last episode, sometimes it's a book cover and it's, sometimes it's the author photo. But my favorite thing about this cover is right under RT Book Reviews, it says, the end is nigh for Cheryl and Kenyon and Brenda Novak. I I kind of love that the cover call-outs are all author-based. And it's like, they're treating these authors as like celebrities. Of like, right. You, know, you see a celebrity mag of like, you know, Jennifer Aniston spotted at the supermarket. Stars, they're just like us. Yeah, the, the, the celebrity names in the sidebar are all authors. Yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty fun. And our headlining author is Valerie Bowman, who's unex- the unexpected duchess, gets a four and a half stars top pick. Spoiler, <laughs> I put it on the cover. <laughs> now, if you scroll to page six... I just I just want to talk a little bit about the oh. editor's letter. Okay. So it's two-thirds of the width of the page, but it's the full length. But at the top is a picture of a woman named Amy Thurlow who passed away um, in March of 2014. But it doesn't say that she's dead. So when I looked at the cover real quick or the image real quick, I thought that doesn't look like Catherine Falk. Who is that? Like, it doesn't say that that's why she's at the top there. So it was very confusing. Well, like, interestingly enough, in the author's letter um, or editor's letter, all of the other authors she mentions in her letter, Catherine's letter, are bolded. Yes. But Amy's name, which is mentioned at the very bottom of the letter is not bolded no and i did not read this letter prior to like going through and looking at reviews and so there is and i'm skipping ahead a little bit there is an in memoriam like image graphic on page 84 yep there sure is But it lists no other information besides Amy's name and like birth year and death year. Yeah. So as I was scrolling through these reviews, I'm like, wait, what? Who is this person? And then I I Googled her. Uh Uh-huh. And she wrote a series called Navajo Vampire Mysteries. Oh, hell yeah. Minotaur Books is the other logo. Minotaur, thank you. I could not read that. In Memoriam has nothing. The image has no context on the actual image of like why this person is in the book or in the magazine, like what they're known for. I guess if you're a fan of her writing, like you would already know. But like, yeah, that was jarring for me when I was scrolling through. I'm like, what? Speaking of jarring, this letter is a wild ride before you get to the author part. For sure. So we start off with mentioning of Texas and gardening and what we're putting in the ground like microlite and compost and pruning and peach blossoms. And then they're going to get some loquats and grape for like the whole first paragraph is about the garden. Second paragraph, pig roast. They, they built a whole roasting pit lined with fire pricks and a chef friend from Houston is preparing everything, including his unique fermented cabbage dish. And then we get to paragraph three. My latest discovery from the longevity world is grounding. So in case you wanted to live forever, this magazine can help you. 
We go from gardening to pig roast to pickled cabbage to grounding and longevity. And by the way, here are all the authors in this issue. It's wild. My latest discovery from the longevity world. That just, I just tripped over my own eyeballs when I read that. The longevity world. Okay. What does that even mean? All right, so I am going to attempt to add some audio to this episode. If we scroll down to page eight, the cover feature is about Valerie Bowman. And on page nine, it says that she was on a <laughs> she was on an episode of Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta because she was planning her wedding and she wanted help, you know, finding the dress. So Valerie Bowman was on Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta, which is not a show I have ever watched. I have never watched this show. I found this episode and it's her sister and like a whole, is this normal for Say Yes to the Dress? There's like 10 people there to tell tell you what you think. Like, there's a whole crowd there's, of people there. Yeah, normally it's not that big. It's usually like one to four people because they sit on like a little couch. It's yeah. not that big. They have like the dress consultant and then the bride. And usually, yes, there are like family members or friends giving opinions. There's always at least one negative Nancy in the group. Yeah, it's her sister and her sister is like portrayed so terribly. I'm like, did you invite her to the wedding after this? There's always one in a group that's like, that looks bad on you. Yeah, that's part for the course. I've seen Say Yes to the Dress of Atlanta and I can picture these dress consultants in my head. I know which ones they are. Okay, I'm going to share this. Can you see? Yep, that's my exactly who I was picturing. All right, I'm going to replay this segment so you can just sort of watch this wild chop, chop, chop editing. So basically, she's come out in a dress and in the first dress, it was very simple, white, wrapped, like a like a wrap to the to the side pattern, very flattering. And she kept saying it was just like what, what one of her characters would wear. And her sister's like, no, you're not your character. Go back and change. And so she comes out in this very tight thing with a big tool puffy thing at the bottom. So there's Valerie. Romance novelist Valerie lives through her characters. Lily, I think I wrote her a little bit with myself in mind. And thought by dressing like one, she had penned a quick ending to her bridal story. Oh, it's just so romantic. It's perfect. Oh, not at all. Valerie is the baby of the family. So naturally, she's going to listen to her big sister. Sister's dress is a dropped waist gown with a sparkling beaded bodice and a full ruffled skirt. No! No way. (laughs) I think this would get edited out of my book. Good. It's bling. It's fruit. No. I love it. This dress is definitely taking out of her comfort zone. I really love the first one. So maybe go back in your first love? That's not going to be the case. Nobody can mess with your head like a sister. You can live in a fictional world the rest of the time. And unless Valerie comes up with a character that stands up for herself, she's headed for an unhappy ending. While Bride Valerie continues to search for her bestseller. Can you believe that? Okay, so one, I think we need to have Valerie on the podcast to talk about the Say Yes to the Dress episode. I think we do because, my God, the edit her sister got. Holy crap! And two, everyone, and I know, like, the the narrator or the voiceover is making, like, book puns. Yeah. Yeah, Valerie's making book puns and her sister's making book puns. And I'm, like, I'm very curious about the reality TV coaching of, like, if you're going to say something, make it a book pun or like how much coaching there is involved. This had to Um, have been heavily produced because they're all participating in this cruel level of group critique. But that's like wild, right? Oh, 100%. So according to Valerie in this feature... The episode aired in January 2014. It's called Buy the Book. I will link to it in the show notes um, so you can watch the whole thing. It made me very uncomfortable. And she ended up getting the uh, the third dress that she tried on because I guess that's what you do. You pick the third one that you try on usually in this show. That was my guess because both of the contestants did in this episode, I think. I feel like, I don't know. They no? usually have like their pick one of the attendees pick, like the sister or mom, what they want to see the bride in and then kind of like a middle ground. And I feel like the middle ground is 
probably picked the most often, but there are people who are like, no, screw you. I'm picking what I want in the first place. Right. And that's the part I don't get. Anyway, according to the article, Valerie gave away the dress. It's a Monique LeHoulier dress. And she gave it away to one of her readers after she wore it because she was like, well, I wore it and I got married and gowns are meant to be worn and not stuffed away. So I'm asking readers to sign up for my newsletter and send me an email telling me why they'd like the gown and I will announce the winner. So I'm curious who ended up with Valerie's gown. Yeah, I know this is like a story a decade previously, but we know we want to know what happens. And we yeah. want to know about the show. So tell me why you flagged page 11. So page 11 is a, it's an ad for... Full page ad. Yeah. Katie Ashley and the Proposition series. But there's what, it was like a four book series. And these just do look kind of like stock photos yes they they scream cover template because the top is just the banner of the title the bottom is the author name the middle is new york times and usa to best-selling author they're all exactly the same except for the picture and the fourth book is titled the party oh my god (laughs) how did i know p names (laughs) and the images of like this woman in a white button-down shirt and she's got beautiful beachy waves and she looks a little mad and she literally has a man by the hair yeah and is like pushing him away and he is also in a white button-down shirt and i'm like what is happening here shoving him by his hair is she checking to see if it's real Maybe. Is she checking for lice? I don't know. But <laughs> it's, it's very violent. Aggressive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it really <laughs> is surprisingly aggressive. I'm quite alarmed. <laughs> oh yeah. My God. So that's why I was like, what? She's throwing I him know. out of the party. She's the bouncer. She's throwing him out. It also reminds me of like, you know, in like an old TV show when a kid is being bad and you like they walk them off by their ear. They like grab their ear. <laughs> it That's like what it that. reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. Now page 12 is the article that goes with the cover quote, the end is nigh. And it's a feature article about authors who are ending beloved series. And I think this is such a smart idea for an article. I would love to know the behind the scenes of how this came to be. Because it's written by Lisa Kessler, who is finishing a series of her own. But in the article, she talks to Jennifer Probst. She talks to Brenda Novak. She talks to Sherilyn Kenyon. She talks to Charlene Harris. She she like has all of these quotes. Kelly Armstrong. She's reached out to all these different authors about what it's like to end a series, and I think that's such an interesting angle. And I thought, you know what, this is this really is a sign that this magazine is, or at the time, it was meant for me because that's the kind of weird shit I think about. Like, what's it like to end a series? Because you know, it wants it to go on, but you got to say no. I'm done now. The title is also Closing Time, mm-hmm. which I thought that was funny. <laughs> good title, good article. Like, well done, Lisa Kessler. And then we get to page 16. And I just, I, I can not. So first of all, it's called Series Rap Sheet, which is not the greatest of names. But if there is a book coming out in May that is part of a series, this page, the next two pages, list the author, the name of the series, and then the new book and all of the books that have come beforehand. And I imagine that librarians loved this so much. Where else is this information in one place? That's true. Yeah. I mean, like now you have Goodreads and Goodreads does include series links Mm -hmm. and you can kind of click it and then see all the books in there. But Mm -hmm. like prior to a Goodreads Mm -hmm. system, yeah, there really wasn't anything like you would have to count on if you grabbed a book, usually the book would list the previous book right. in like one of the title pages or something like right. that. Like, wow, it's just, it's so much information. It's really impressive. And if the publishers aren't sending this, this then the authors are sending it if it's self-published. But like, this is really yeah. impressive. Now look at the bottom left corner of page 16. It's a habo. 
It's a habo. I love it. <laughs> There's a little habo called Book Sleuth. The series romance with an amnesiac DEA agent who is taken in by a female ranch owner. It was Devil in Disguise by Ann Williams. Silhouette Intimate Moments, 1989. It's a habo. Where do they post these habos, though? Because, like, was this posted in a previous magazine? Yeah, March yes. 14. The March 14, March 2014 issue. And then it says to, like, be sure to visit RT's Book Sleuth message board. I wonder if that's where these things get posted. Oh, maybe it um, is. That would make sense. So I'm curious, like, how often that feature comes up for people to ask. Like, maybe if something isn't getting solved on the message board, then they, they put kind it in of, the magazine. Like, Tighten it to the magazine. Or the book sleuth in the magazine only highlights the ones that got got solved Ooh. so they can reference the book. I also like that at the bottom of page 17, they have first book in a new series launch. So that's all in one place. And then on page 18, there's a full page of paperbacks, notable reissues, old titles, reprints, and paperback releases of hardcover favorites. So there's a book that's been reissued it's listed here. I like where else is all of that information for one month going to be in one place except in this magazine? There's so much info. It's so much info. And it, it's also telling you, like, how often have you almost mistakenly bought another copy of a book you already own because they reissued the cover and you don't recognize it? Like I've done that a whole bunch of times. That's something that I call out in like the books on sale of like, oh, this one has a new cover. So double check if you yep. already own it. Check or, your like, library because you might already have this one. But like, this was in an anthology, so yep. now it's released by itself. I just think that's such a good service, really. And like, yeah. where else is all that information in one place? I wanted to look at the ad for Mont Lake on page number 21. I did not know Mont Lake was that old. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was so surprised. <laughs> but that's, do you remember... Do you remember when so many particular contemporary romances had pictures of feet? There were so yeah. many pictures of feet and pictures of people holding a hat on their head. There's one on like page two. The inside cover is an ad for a book with that woman holding on her hat. The, like contemporary romance of a very specific flavor was feet and hats. Do you remember that? Yeah. Wild, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Cover trends are always so interesting. Especially when you look at all of these covers. Some of these are so basic, like A Husband's Regret by Natasha Anders. It's Or just one just one thing by Holly Jacobs on that ad page. It's just like a photo and then and, you just have color blocks. Yeah, I, I pasted. I pasted, I tilted, and I added drop shadow. Done. Thanks. That was good. And then you have covers like The Best Medicine and The Place I Belong. And they're beautiful. And I mean, okay, The Best Medicine is feet. It's like four feet in a hammock, but I get it. Everyone's wearing white pants and it's a blue sky. But The Place I Belong is one of those super Pinteresty, Instagrammy tablescapes with like lanterns hanging from the trees. And it's a all orange and purple. Like it's like you could see that on Instagram now. And somebody would be like, oh, nice dinner party. My concern is though, all that food outside, you got to be kidding me. There's going to be bugs in a second. You well, they don't have any nets over it. No, it's so true. Then I wanted to, sh uh, I wanted to call your attention to page 23. There is a profile of Anne Tonino. And Antonino wrote a pretty popular early male romance called Frat Boy and Toppy, which I remember people talking about. Yep. <laughs> in, in the article... And talks about her X-rated crochet. And her X-rated crochet patterns are still on her website. If you would like to crochet a penis, Antonino has patterns for you. And I will link to them. And I just think that's You're so great. You're in luck. Yeah, I think it's just so great. Also, it taps really directly into that time where all of the MM covers were butts and hair gel. But I think I mentioned that. I was like, yep, this reminds me a lot of these kind of like silly, goofy. They were all like this. Oh, yeah. That was your comment. I th I had the same thought like, oh, yep, but that was your <laughs> comment. Melded. I'm sorry. I took your comment. I'm sorry. It's fine. They're all in that superhero pose where they're facing away and turning towards you. So you get chest and booty. Yep. Yep. They're, they're looking back at it. Yep. <laughs> they have to check that it's there. Yeah. Make sure it didn't disappear. I just love that in the author, in the author photo too, Antonino is crocheting. 
Like she has just started a red penis in this in this issue. <laughs> That's so great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. So you wanted to look at page 45. Oh my God, I forgot about the Brenda Novak diabetes auction. Oh my goodness. Do you remember that? No. I do. That was a huge thing. It was an online auction of donated items to benefit juvenile diabetes. And Brenda Novak did it for the whole month of May this was the 10th year. So it had been going on 10 years. And I think she raised like a couple million dollars for juvenile diabetes. Wow. Yeah, it was impressive. It was the big, like, if you look at the the big charity auctions that happen now, Brenda Novak was one of the pioneers of that in the romance community. Wow. Yeah. So what did you want to flag? So we mentioned this, this in the previous episode, um, but there's a black and white ad on page 45 and that led me to thinking of like what ad rates were because this is i think maybe the only black and white ad i remember seeing yeah and i don't know if that was like a style choice or if rt was running different prices for full color versus black and white and i'm very curious about the decision for it to be black and white versus color, if that was just like an author choice of that's how she wanted it to be designed, or if it's part of like the advertising package of like you can wow. opt for a black and white ad for slightly cheaper. Yeah, that's that's a really good question because on this page, the border, it's part of teen scene. The border is purple. Yeah, and There's, I think like I did not notice any other black and white advertising in here, I but I could be wrong because it's it's a hefty magazine. Uh, if we haven't mentioned, oh yeah, it's a chunky boy. Yeah, it's girthy. <laughs> it's quite girthy. But yeah, that is really interesting to see a black and white ad, and also I don't think this is. Let me look at my other monitor. No, this is not the resolution of my monitor. This ad is not in focus. The oh, edges boy. of the book, the edges of the books are blurry. So it's not even in focus all the way. Like the DPI is weird. No. Yeah, wow. it, could, it could just be a... That's just how it is. Poor, poorly designed ad. <laughs> but if you look at the sharpness of the text compared to the text in the ad, so the text of the reviews and the text in the ad, the yeah. text in the ad is super muddy. Like it's really out of focus. That is really interesting. I, you're right. I do yeah. want to know. I want to know what the costs were because, like, know. for for ads on the on the site, do people send what they want the ad to look like, or if, do you design it to fit sort of like the dimensions and stuff we need for like the sidebar? Oh, both, 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 both. Okay. A lot of the times, I design the ads because the author doesn't have a designer, and also I do design as an add-on, and I'm so used to doing it that I don't charge very much. I do the desktop and the um, mobile platform size, and it's 400 by 600. 
for the desktop. And most of the time, that's a book cover. So sometimes people just send me their book cover. Sometimes people have an ad. Sometimes they have the frames of the ad and they want me to animate it for them, which is no big deal. Sometimes I design them. Like there's an ad right now running for Molly Malloy and the Angel of Death. And I designed that one because Maria Vale wanted to make it clear, as we talked about in our episode, that it wasn't a romance. And I think I said something like in the timeless tradition of a knight in shining armor. Like this is the kind of book we're talking about here. So sometimes I design them and sometimes they're sent to me, but they have to conform to the size or I have to resize them. So if this person just said, this is the ad that I have and it was black and white, then that's probably what they went with. Yeah, but I also, yeah, we don't know maybe if they had an in-house designer who worked with people or it's like you send it, here is sort of, yeah, here's the dimensions and stuff, the specifications we need depending on the ad you're running. Yeah. We want to know more about the how the sausage is made here. You know, uh, I bet we can find out. Now, if you look at page 56 and 57, these this is in the inspirational section. And every model on these covers has gorgeous hair. Like absolutely. It's the same publisher. It's all, it's all Ravel and they all have gorgeous hair. They all, it's all beautiful. There's no frizz. It's like wavy and perfect. And it is so just infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the closer to Christ, the better the hair. Is that what I'm learning? Apparently, the higher the hair, the closer to God, but the less frizz, the closer you are to Jesus. Although dude on a place in his heart has some frizz, she has perfect hair. Perfect. And hey, there's your book, When Love Stirs. When Love Stirs. I do have, give pause to the woman on One More Last Chance who is leaning up against a very old fence. As someone who grew up in a in an area that had very old fences, you're either asking for a splinter or asking for tetanus. So don't touch those. Yeah, especially not in a, in a three-quarter sleeve shirt. That's not going to No, work. don't don't rest your arm on that. No. I mean, that, you want ants? That's how you're going to get ants. <laughs> you also wanted to look at page 73. What is on page 73? Page 73 is an ad for a hardcover book. There's a... Like call out to special hardcover price <laughs> um, for eighteen dollars for Laura Griffin's Far Gone. Now look, you can't get a hardcover these days for eighteen dollars. I'll tell you that. No, <laughs> that's what trade costs now. Yep, that's a trade paperback, my friends. <laughs> Sixteen ninety five or seventeen ninety five. Holy crap! Um, yeah, but specially priced hardcover, just $18. Now hardcovers are between like 26 and 35 I think is the margin, depending on how big the book and publisher and stuff like that. It's so much, right? It is oh, so... Oh, hardcover is like a down payment. It's so days. expensive. It's a tank of gas easily. Easily a tank yeah. of gas. Next up on page 88. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. These are children. Please, <laughs> please describe this ad. Okay. So it's a Sam Hain publishing ad. Sam Hain does not exist anymore. No. Um, it is a half page ad. Um, and it says when Mr. Glabrags meets Mr. Riches, the result is sexy fun. And the book is called the, Stuff. The, the, the title is just Stuff. And it's like two uh, young, and I'm emphasizing young, men in like three-piece suits in front of clothing racks. Yeah. Um, And one one of the men's face is very uncanny valley. Um, Like there's something off about it. I don't think that head was on that body. The guy in the back, his head is too big for the rest of him. Yeah, when I saw this ad, I was like, what? They don't shave. (laughs) They don't need to shave. They are very, very... This is happening. This is like middle schoolers in a play set in the 20s. Like they're all in this middle school. Yes, they're in a a production of Newsies in this ad. (laughs) And they look way too young to be being written about and having their sexy fun written about as well. They look way too young for that. It, but it's, it's stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> stuff. 
by Joseph. Cool. Okay. Speaking of Sam Hain, I also wanted to look at the ads on page 101 because it is such a funny, just a funny collection of books to me. Okay. Oh so, my God. Uh, I feel like we've snarked the Make Me Burn cover before. I feel like we have. I'm sure we have. But look at the top row. Moira Rogers, that's Kit Roca. Yep. So that's early Kit Roca pen name. And then in the bottom, there's Moonshine by Vivian Arend, still writing. I think yep. Crystal Jordan is still writing. I don't know why this woman is peeing on the Capitol building, but it's fine. Well, like I, I, it's like make me burn. The Capitol building is like between her legs. And it's it gives pointed me- right up at her cooch. Yeah, like UTI vibe. Yeah, like I'm getting. Like this this is not pleasant. But this is such a collection of very specific cover trends. Like if you look at Enigma, how low are those jeans? Those like it, the rise of those jeans from the crotch seam to her belt, that has to be like 3 inches. Low-rise jeans and whenever I hear a like low-rise jeans are coming back, I'm like, "Please, No. Do not do this to us again. We did this. We do not need to do this again. This is not necessary. Long live the high rise. (sighs) Mom jeans all the way, babe. (laughs) Having had a C-section, mom jeans all the way. But like, look how low those jeans are. No, thank you. And then there's some butt (laughs) grabbing and some tank tops. And you know that people are going to be doing some crime because they're wearing a tank top. The Carnal Magic cover, I keep misreading it as caramel magic and i don't know why <laughs> it's because oh, it's gold the font, well the font looks like caramel to me and mm. i keep my brain keeps filling it in with caramel magic i mean it is this is going to come out in october which is a time of caramel magic at every possible store i'm ready yeah so if you look at page 112 there's a sidebar ad of a woman with gold hair and gold lace holding some kind of a timer device with gears. And at the bottom, it said Essie. So I thought, oh, Essie, like the nail polish company. They had a nail polish company advertising in here. Well, I mean, that's a great match, but wow, that's a major advertiser. Everything else that I've seen has been pretty much publishers. No, and it's not Essie. It is from Loose Id, another publisher that no longer exists. And here's what I don't get. Apparently, so this was in the left and right pages. So it's 112 and 113. On the left is this picture of Essie, whoever that is. And then the ad continues. And Loose Id, wish you a divine Easter. Get your sexily ever after from Easter's baskets. So wait. What is this? (laughs) Why are we having a sexily ever after for Easter? Like, what is happening? Why is there Easter eggs in a chest underneath a chessboard with books coming out and there's like little games like one says truth or dare you can barely see dare but it's wild right this ad the more i look at it the less i understand what is happening between have a divine easter get your sexily ever after there's a slip of paper in the ad the lucid ad it says alien escort to arrive at client's home at six Oh my God, it does say that. I thought you were talking about the Loose Id logo, which did have a little snake or lizard or something in it. But like, what? Alien escort to arrive at client's house? What? I don't know what this is. (laughs) What? But like, is this like a giveaway? Is this like a series? Easter makes you horny? I don't know what this ad is trying to accomplish. I I don't know, but I really want it I really want a transcript of the design notes for this ad. Like I want to know every comment that was made to make this happen because none of these pieces make sense and surely I am missing the story behind this. Like I'm yeah. clearly missing what Essie and Easter baskets and a chessboard and a chest of eggs and games and then books and aliens. I it's some these all have something to do with each other. I don't know what that something is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like I don't know. Super odd. And we may never know. We may never know. I mean, <laughs> Lucid is gone, so it's not like we can ask anybody. 
So you flagged an ad on 114. No, I flagged this ad. I yeah. flagged one page 114 at the bottom. There is an ad for Riptide. Look at the hockey romance. Isn't it cute? But here's the best part of this ad. Okay. This macho jock has a crooked little secret. It's straight shooter by Heidi Bellow. And look at what is pictured on the cover underneath her name. That is a VHS tape. Why though? That's what I'm like. Why does it have to do with anything? I'm does guessing he has a sex 90s? tape. I'm if I had to guess, oh. I am guessing that his dirty, his dirty crook or his crooked little secret is probably that he has a sex tape. And the only way to clearly communicate that was by I, putting the video on the front. Oh my god, the series is called Rear Entrance Video. <laughs> See, I thought the crooked little secret in reference in the tagline would be like his peeper, his bits. That's where I thought that secret was going. That his John Thomas is 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 a little bit not straight. His hockey stick is not oh. straight. It's crooked. He's got a crook in it, which is fine. Uh, but also, can we talk about how like it shows other books in the series? And one has like a teacher's pet straight A student. Yeah. And the title is called Apple Polisher, Ooh. which does not roll off the top. <laughs> so there's Apple Polisher, Wallflower, and Straight Shooter. And these are the books in the Rear Entrance video series. And what bugs me in a, as a design element, and I get why they did this, but Straight Shooter and Wallflower, their first word is completely left aligned or right aligned or takes up the bulk of the top of the cover and then the second part of the word shooter and flower is vertical beneath it but because polisher is such a long word it was bumped up yes you see what i'm talking about and apple is like left aligned the full the format doesn't match the format does not match at all it's not a consistent thing and i get it because polishers longer and you know, would cover what looks like the marquee of a video store. It would certainly but cover the VHS tape. Yeah. We can't have that. We no. need people seeing that VHS tape. We absolutely do. So you flagged an ad on page 115, and this ad is amazing. I just, it's a Loris cave. Let me just say that. And there's two book covers, but I want to talk about the one that's called Artist Touch by Carrie Adrian. Yep. And there's a man with dark gelled spiky hair, dark eyeliner, and he's holding a, definitely a photoshopped paintbrush. Yeah, that was hand. not originally in his hand. But this looks very similar to Adam Lambert. hundred percent, yes. That is like a body double, like a celebrity impersonator, Adam Lambert. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) So at the back of the magazine on page 123 is all of the information about the 2014 RT New Orleans convention, which was pretty friggin' Fun. But this was May 13th through the 18th, 2014. So they're getting right up to the wire about, about yeah. getting people to come. But look at page 123. So they had their 30th anniversary convention in Kansas City and a special tribute to the pioneers of historical romance. So for this year, they are doing a tribute to the pioneers of African-American romance. And if you were wondering... Are the authors the same authors that are looked at as as the African-American romance authors now? Yes. Yes, they are. It's Sandra Kitt, Brenda Jackson, and Beverly Jenkins. It's kind of astonishing. Yep. Like, oh, okay, wait, this was 2014. This was almost 10 years ago. Ah, the, the time is a flat circle. <laughs> but it's interesting. I'll, I'll screen capture this and put it in the in the post about this. But it's actually a little tiny history about the history of Black women writing Black romance in the genre going back to the 80s. 
Catherine Falk and Sandra Kitt will co-host a retrospective to describe the evolution and impact and introduce some of the original writers in person. So they were having like a big party and celebrating Beverly Jenkins and Brenda Jackson and Sandra Kitt. I should see if Beverly Jenkins remembers this. (laughs) I bet she does. Like, it's interesting. They mentioned that Kensington first signed Sandra Kitt in 1994 and Avon signed Beverly Jenkins in 1995. Amazing, right? Yeah. Also, notice that, that that Catherine Falk helped persuade Kensington to start a black romance imprint in the 90s. Did she now? Oh, my God. So it also mentions that Sandra Kitt was the first black writer to publish with Harlequin in 1984, although she only wrote books with Caucasian characters because a market for characters of color had not been established. Bullshit. Oh, boy. So prior to 1984... People didn't want to read about black people. What in the hell? (laughs) On one hand, it's like, wow, this is a really interesting tiny snapshot of history. But I don't think this history is entirely accurate. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. I would agree. (laughs) So then we move into other features about the conference. And one thing I do remember hearing was that Romantic Times, the conference made a lot of money. It was a massive moneymaker for the RT umbrella. And a lot of the magazine, I believe, was trying to drive people to come to the conference because that was a much more profitable enterprise. I mean, which makes sense. Hospitality is going to have a much better margin of revenue and profit over, say, a publication. But still, this is like five pages. My favorite thing about this. Did you see the savory stations on the menu? Yeah, there was like, they would set up what, like food stations at the conference and it would be sponsored by publishers. So you'd be like, you'd be eating jambalaya sponsored by gallery and pocketbook. So basically... When they're, because you remember the fairy balls? I remember talking to an author about this. So, this is anecdata. This is, I don't have like documentation for this, although I'm sure it's not very difficult to find. But remember the fairy ball, and there was the Sealy Court and the Unsealy Court, and it was like 20 yeah. authors on each side. They were paying for that. They were paying for the food. They were paying for everything happening there. They were signing up to underwrite the cost of all of that and the cost of participating at that level. So say it was like $5,000 to contribute to this fairy ball. Then you were a member of one of the other courts and you had like a role at the ball, but you were paying for that, everything you were paying for. So RT is hosting the Mardi Gras World Carnival and a big easy feast. And there's going to be a float and there's going to be a parade. And then there's going to be 10 food stations. And this just made me laugh so hard. So RT Book Reviews is sponsoring the red beans and rice. Okay. Then Alora's Cave was sponsoring crawfish etouffee over rice. Gallery and Pocket was sponsoring sausage jambalaya. Sourcebooks was sponsoring alligator fritters. I don't know why that trick tickles me so much. Alligator fritters. Tor Forge and Tortine were were sponsoring shrimp and grits, and I would have been living at that station. Totally Bound, which I don't believe exists anymore, sponsored the Andouille Sausage and Chicken Gumbo, and Sam Haynes sponsored the beignets. Again, I would be at that station next. Forever sponsored bread pudding, Kensington sponsored Bananas Foster and Random House sponsored Sweet Pecan Pralines. So it's just like each publisher has a food and I find this so funny. Can you imagine like when they're sitting at like a budgeting meeting or something like that or like an outreach meeting of like what are we doing for publicity or like marketing they're like well, we've got $5,000 to serve alligator fritters. They're like, what? Like, we're sponsoring the alligator fritters. (laughs) And the language, the language of RT, the magazine, it's a very specific kind of PR language that I never, like, I don't see. Alligator fritters will be the talk of the night as many will try this delicious delicacy for the very first time. I've, like... The RT convention, like, agenda oh. and reading the event description. Oh, it was like reading an MLM catalog. What, like, 
<laughs> some of these events I remember and be like, what? <laughs> a lot of exclamation points. We're going to do what? A lot of cliches. And then this one, in this in this particular issue, there's a Thursday night is the Samhain Saints and Sinners party, which means that Samhain was underwriting the cost of the whole party. Like that's a big thing. But then they're also going to have raffles. They're going to give away e-readers. They're going to give away gift cards, like all of that. The amount of money, the amount of money publishers had to spend on this stuff. It's amazing, right? Because if you think about it, like I've hosted events at at, at a hotel, even for like breakfast, to get the hotel to give you a pot of coffee is like $85. The markup on food and beverage in a hotel is one of the ways they make a lot of money. And this, for example, that's just Heather Graham underwriting that whole thing. Like when I went to Pittsburgh and there was a hanging on stage with a tripwire and everything, that was her family and her theater company underwriting the cost of all of that. And it had to have been so much money. Yeah. And then you look at like publishing now and it's like, Hi, would you sponsor the crawfish etouffee? No. (laughs) How about shrimp and grits? like, sorry, union workers. You can't get a fair contract. Yeah, we can't give you a fair fair contract because we need to sponsor the gumbo. Like, what? But look, RT is not around anymore. No. So you can put that gumbo money back into your workforce. Nobody's getting the gumbo money except the executive suite, alas. And what's wild is that I am just, I cannot, I, I cannot stop thinking about this. Catherine Falk got up in front of everybody and said, I'm done. No more conference, no more magazine, we're done. And she just put it down and walked away. Like, Wow. That was a lot. And it's just, there's no record of it. There's no archives. There's nothing online. She let the trademark expire. Like, she's done. It's really amazing to me. Yeah, I'm honestly, I mean, yes and no, I'm surprised where it's like, this seemed to have been doing well. And like, even the last conference we attended seemed to be well attended. That was it. Um, Was that Reno was the last one? Yeah, Reno was the last one, I think. I think it was Reno. Yeah, Reno was Um, the last one. Because then... Book Lovers Con started, and that the first year for that was in New Orleans. Um, but, like, she did not pass the torch to anyone to keep the brand going. Was she was just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, so now no one's going to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Um, so, but I can see, like, some people getting attached to a brand they've built and maybe not wanting to relinquish that brand to someone else. Um so I can see that being a conflict. But yeah, I was really surprised considering how on the surface it seemed very successful and, and had a lot of engagement with romance readers that it wasn't going to continue. But also, now we know COVID happened. Yeah. So would it have survived yeah. the pandemic when you know pretty much no one is meeting up and doing things? No conferences are being held. No conventions are being held. Nope. People don't want to travel, be around other people. So I'm I'm curious. Did Catherine Falk know something that we didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she announced that it was shutting down the last one. She announced the last one on May 16th, 2018 uh, in Reno. This is it. And that was the, the magazine online and the VIP lounge online closed immediately. Like, that's it. It's done. Like, we're done now. It's It's really kind of incredible. RT was weird in terms of the politics of who was featured and who was not and which publishers paid to have a promotional par- a promotional portion of that magazine for their authors and which ones didn't and which authors got the support. But RT was also a place where they were the very first ones to have a signing for digital books. They figured out a way to have a signing for ebooks. And that line was down the hall and around the corner. That was one in Florida where everybody's credit cards got stolen by the front desk. And the loss of RT is a really big loss. Not just the the conference, but the magazine too. Like, look at all of this stuff. We just did like two and a half hours of recording just talking about one month of romance almost 10 years ago. Yeah. My last favorite section that I want to uh, call your attention to, I will look at this in every issue, contests and giveaways. In the back, they are, they're going to give away books, often books that are coming out in that issue. But the one that I particularly like is in the bottom left, Twihards. Do you remember that? 
<laughs> we don't need to say that anymore. Try hards. <laughs> if you haven't met Helena Hunting, it's time to get acquainted. Get acquainted. She's the latest author to have her Twilight fan fiction adapted for a series of full-length novels. This one is about tattooists. Yeah, tattooing people. Clipped wings. I, I didn't know that series was based on Twilight fan fiction. I remember seeing it. I never read it, but I remember those covers. I did not know that either, but scanning this and seeing Twihards, wow, that took me back. Oh, gosh. When did Twilight come out? The book or the movie? Well, the movie's came out in 2008. The first book came out in 2005. Oh, my God. The same year as Smart Bitches. Oh, we're Twilight years old. So we're still saying Twihards. In 2014. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is that? Like nine years? Nine after years later. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> so what did you think of Romantic Times issue May 2014? Are you looking forward to doing this series? Yes. It was a trip too, because I remember a lot of these covers. I remember a lot of the covers that we see in the ads. I remember seeing them. Yep. And the magazine and convention are very similar in the plastering of book covers. Yes. If you wanted to create that visual memory of a book cover and of what a book said and what a book looked like, this was going to help do that a lot. And I, I feel like looking at the language, looking at the advertisements, uh, looking at the like profiles and features, RT did a very good job of literally turning their magazine into a copy and making it a convention. Yeah, they really did. Like, they really, really did turn the magazine into a convention. It is like a clone. Like for those who have ten, uh, have attended a convention, you can see the pretty much duplicate stylistic choices from magazine to events. Such a good point. I never made that real connection, but it really was like being in the magazine with all the readers. And that is not yeah. a phenomenon that happens very often. That's really, really interesting. That's such a good point. That's really amazing. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Next up, June 2014, also courtesy of Shannon, Stacy, and Angie James, who searched their Dropbox for old issues and PDF. Thank you very much. And that has Susan Mallory on the cover. So that'll be, instead of historical, we, we're going to do contemporary. We're on the hunt for the white whale, the one-star review. We are. We're, we are on the hunt on for the, the one-star. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. This was... Bonkers. This, was, <laughs> this is the bonkers thought experiment that I have enjoyed for sure. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you, as always, to Amanda and thank you to everyone who contributed to this issue. Now, in future episodes, I will make sure to credit the reviewers who are writing the reviews that we're discussing. And I didn't do that in the last episode and I didn't realize that we hadn't until I was editing. I apologize. So I do want to give credit the reviews that we were reading. In Romantic Times were written by, you ready? Kathy Robin, Mandy Bowles, Leslie Froberg, Melissa Parcell, Ellen Parsons, Susanna Balch, Lauren Spielberg, Chandra McNeil, Carolyn Martin, Regina Small, Victoria Fryricks, Jennifer Wilson, Jill M. Smith, Anna Dougherty, Jamie Giraldi, Bunny Callahan, Cindy Elio, Bridget Cohn, Sabrina Madon, Alexandra Kay, and Jackie McGuggins. I am so sorry that I didn't properly credit the reviews as we were discussing them, but I will do that in future episodes. I will also be linking to the X-rated crochet gallery because I would never not do that. And I will link to the episode of Say Yes to the Dress right when Valerie shows. Plus, she has agreed to come on the podcast. So we're going to talk to her about what it was like to be on Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta and ask lots and lots of the nosy questions. This is going to be so much fun. I always end with a terrible joke. And this joke comes from Cillin by way of Tumblr, which you know that I love. All right, math nerds, get ready. Did you hear the Fibonacci joke? No? You didn't hear the Fibonacci joke? Well, it's as bad as the last two jokes you've heard combined. <clears throat> Yay, math nerd humor! Math nerd humor. That one generated a very loud... 
uh, from the family. So I know it's a good one. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend. And we will see you back here next week. Some more podcast trashy books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Oh, if you have issues of romantic times, please get in touch with me. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.